Trauma and Triggers contains explicit content. Please check the show notes for details. kill you you're an alcoholic am i talking yeah am i you are talking awesome you know sometimes you can feel the mechanism happening in your body but it's okay if you can't (laughs) (laughs) so we're recording already and i'm glad i caught that (laughs) i'm glad the audience can see just how you treat me and the things you say to me yes don't be a hypocrite. You know. Welcome you to Trauma and Triggers. <laughs> I'm Sabrina, and, and my I'm co-host Audrey. now gets to talk. <laughs> that was such a shit introduction. Uh, We're not supposed to be talking over each other. It's never gonna happen for us. That's never gonna happen. It's terrible. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. Yeah. If you've seen the title, which you probably have. I don't even know why people need hopefully, to see that. Yeah, hopefully by now you know what you're walking into. Yeah, we're talking about school wording. <laughs> Very sorority girl I, voice no, I went into. I really want to get, like, in the future, I want to get one of those, like, little, re- like, recording, like, sound plays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we can record, like, we can put little clips of things that we've said in the past and attach it to, like, a button. Yeah. yeah. And we're guzzling cum every time I hit the button. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I would love that, too. Um, I think they only cost, like, $400. So oh, that's good. Yeah, we'll that's get there great. one day. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. I'm also excited for this episode because Audrey is going first in the scripted part, and that's a trauma and triggers historic moment. I'm yeah. very excited. I I'm not I'm not good at starting things. I have a really hard time with that. Um, but you know that is that's what we're doing today. I feel like this way I can't steal things from your part, so I feel good right now. Well, I might steal things from your part. That's okay. Hopefully not, but I really don't think it's the big ideal idea. I big a, a big, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's not. <laughs> I feel like we feel like we're offending the other person, but I'm not offended when you do that to me. I'm not either. It's just a podcast. It's fine. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Okay. Um, but starting out, we are going, well, me, I am, just me. You're doing great. Um, I'm going to talk about the difference between squirting and female ejaculation because pretty much all the time, these two terms are used like interchangeably, but they're actually like very distinctly different functions. Um, You know, aside from the fact that you're, you know, having an orgasm and fluids are coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, So squirting is the release of tens to hundreds of milliliters of clear fluid from the urethra, uh, usually during orgasm or high arousal, but not always. So researchers have been able to demonstrate that the squirting fluid comes from the bladder which is why everybody's like, 
Oh my god, it's pee. Not pee. It's not pee. They're, how how much is a milliliter? I'm American. <laughs> we don't do milliliters. Here. Yeah, I. Somebody let us know because I don't know the answer, and she's looking at me like <laughs> I'm supposed to know the answer. <laughs> like, is it like a quarter cup? Is it? I know a milliliter itself is not going to be a quarter cup, but like tens to to hundreds of milliliters is, I think, is a significant amount of fluid. Okay. Yeah, I mean that makes sense for squirting. We've seen squirting. I I feel like we've both seen squirting. Yeah, before. I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> Congratulations! I'm Thank so you so you. much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everybody thinks it's pee. It's not pee. Uh, there are trace amounts of urine because it comes from the bladder, but it is proven to be made up of different fluids. Um, I'm not going to go through those fluids because I'm too lazy to do that, but <laughs> there are different fluids. Let me just say, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I think in self-care, fuck you, you talk about how you don't care about science. Yeah. And then I do and two science we- parts. <laughs> then we write the script for this one and for some reason you got the science part but i feel like this science is interesting for you at least i i was fascinated i was reading a lot of information about this um and i did enjoy it Mm -hmm. i was having a good time but um yeah usually i don't care that much yeah but when it's about squirting she's all about it when it's about anything sex related i'm about it usually um anyways female ejaculation is the expulsion of a much smaller amount of like thicker white fluid from the parathyrethral glands also has four different names so (laughs) we have the skein's glands or the female prostate which is really the best terminology for it Mm because it's got the same makeup as the male prostate um and it can also like be vulnerable to cancers and cysts and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but also known as the g-spot more commonly um so female ejaculate is known to have similar composition to seminal fluid actually wow yeah that's interesting i didn't know that it is it's based like it's quite similar it's like but it won't fertilize eggs no right yeah it's not the same but it's the composition like the fluid itself i mean it makes sense a thick white fluid sounds pretty similar to jizz yeah so lady jizz (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm having so much fun with you going (laughs) first um so how does this happen who's squirting why I don't know. (laughs) I only looked up how does this happen. Um, And all of this is from like one article uh, by, I'm going to say the name of the article all the way down because Sabrina's done so much work. (laughs) The article is called Vaginal Squirting Experiences, Discoveries, and Strategies in a U.S. Probability Sample of Women Ages 18 to 93 which is so impressive to me because 
could you imagine having a 93 year old participate in a squirting research i would experience love to meet this 93 year old these women woman. like actively like the whole point was trying to get themselves to squirt during this <laughs> this research i hope she did i hope she did and she had a great time yeah <clears throat> me too um but an among this international sample of women about half reported ejaculation with masturbation so like 53.4 percent um and penile vag vag vaginal sex 48.1 percent and then about 20 percent experienced ejaculation during anal stimulation which i found very interesting yeah a big uh section of pornhub is anal squirt that's all <laughs> I, not a big section but there are a lot you of know, uh porn videos i hear the name anal squirt i don't think of uh, yeah also anally, i know? i thought it was like some funky stuff leaking out your ass <laughs> yeah, but like, it's it's just squirting it, yeah it's squirting from anal it's, stimulation yeah it's usually I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of anal squirt videos, but from what I remember, it's not particularly what I'm into. <laughs> yeah, it's not really up my alley, and this wasn't my side of the research. Otherwise, I would have. But okay. you don't have to. Diss Audrey me. just isn't dedicated enough to watch anal squirt videos. Shut up. <laughs> so the uh, anal squirt is usually like actual squirt, not female ejaculation. So it's usually coming out of the urethra. Does that make sense? Anal squirt is actual squirt, not female ejaculation. Yes. Okay. Work. That's all. Yeah. That's all I have to add. <laughs> okay. Um, so a qualitative study suggested that combined vaginal and clitoral stimulation was the most common means to ejaculate. Amen. Um, Sorry. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I really have such a hard time with this, with the like squirting and female ejaculation. Cause half the time I'm like, are they really talking about female ejaculation? Mm -hmm. Cause they, everybody, even in the research community is just like, yeah, this is, this is just all the same thing. It's not, it's not the same thing. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. I am, have, had squirt <laughs> am have had yes going through all the state of being verbs i have squirted before and i feel like i have squirted and never uh ejaculated huh. i feel like it's always like there's always a pressure on my bladder when it happens yeah i didn't actually see anything um related to either of them about the whole like it feels like you have to pee um which i probably should have because <laughs> it's possible both of them cause that feeling it makes yeah. more sense that it's squirting um because like your bladder literally fills up yeah it's definitely it is squirting because the amount of fluid yeah um at least on my end for what's going on with me yeah okay <laughs> 
<laughs> this is such a big flex for you. I love the fact that I can squirt and I love the fact that I can tell people about it. But I also want to say if you can't squirt right now, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Not and, everybody can yeah, at all. And that's fine. And I feel like you should go on a journey to figure out how you can squirt and just enjoy the journey. And if you never make it to Squirt Mountain or Squirt Waterfall, that's okay. <laughs> squirt Waterfall. <laughs> I think you should just go on a pleasure journey. Anyway. Everyone should do that. I need to stop interrupting your part. It's okay. I I let you. I said that's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, but focusing on a mission described as squirting not female ejaculation just to be clear um next to nothing is known about what specific approaches or strategies um or ways of using a person's body uh that women or other partners use that could make squirting more likely for them during a sexual episode this is i'm reading a sentence from a research (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I just like there's so many her them and ors her there and I'm like I love the inclusivity but reading it out loud is so difficult. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense seeing it her slash there, yeah. but saying it out loud it's really fucking up my brain just yeah. looking at it. So I think a person is fine. Yeah, a person. Hopefully you understood that sentence I just said, because I'm not sure I can say it again. The good news is they could rewind and listen again. Yeah. I hope you figure it out. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> um, so in this study that um, Devin J. Hensel and his colleagues did. Her. Her colleague. Yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> I know you didn't. Devin know. is commonly a a male man name. name. Yeah, <laughs> but her de- colleagues, uh, they assessed. Women can that, research Audrey so aggressively, and I like. I don't think that was a ridiculous assumption to make. Um, I think you're being bigoted right now. I, I mean, think it's- you need to not do this on the podcast. <laughs> it's funny when we're alone. <laughs> you're not being bigoted. It does look like a man's name you know i tried my best her colleagues (laughs) they assessed that about the same proportion of women reported most commonly using harder or more intense touch um prepping and warming up to squirt or some other method as techniques um and for all of those it's about like 19 to 16 percent um the least common building technique was using concurrent inside and outside pressure, which was about like 12.5%, which is interesting because to me, that sounds like clitoral and, and internal stimulation. And they're saying that's the least common technique for squirting. That's fascinating. To me. Yeah, that is very... I will say anytime I've felt like gotten that feeling because i have gotten that feeling i've Mm -hmm. just never done it um it's very specifically like just inside gotcha i don't know why for me the the external clit stimulation is better than internal well 
everybody's different. Everybody is different. Everybody is a unique flower, and we love to see it. In fact, I'm pretty sure at some point I saw the specific words. It's so different for every person that there's no specific thing for them to say for like how to best squirt. Um, whereas ejaculation, it was like very clearly specific things. Um, so pertaining to the release of squirt, whereas before we were talking about the buildup of it. Mm-hmm. Um, participants most often recalled no specific technique used about 40% of people. Um, however, when they did use one, about one fifth reported either releasing tense slash clenched muscles, muscles, uh, 21%, um, or using a burst of speed or pressure, 17% of people did that. Um, very few reported pulling toys, a penis or finger out of the vagina to facilitate release about 10%, which is, I don't know. The first one makes sense to me. It's it's just so interesting. The human body is just uh, so fascinating. And I feel like you can just see that in sex. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody has I think so the much same of it common like, experience. It's also, it's very different, but it's also very under-researched. So when I hear about it, I'm like, wow, I've never heard this before. Yeah. It's all new and fun. But, yeah. I can't get into chemistry. <laughs> yeah, you were like, the fluid composition, not my not, business. I'm not telling you guys that. You can figure it out. Um, so some challenges and concerns. I, I feel like it's not really that uncommon for some people to feel like some shame or embarrassment about squirting. Um, so most participants... Participants mostly commonly... Most commonly... <laughs> noted concerns about hygiene such as being scared they were peeing about 41 percent um or that they would make a mess about 28 percent of people others reported concerns around um loss of bodily control 16 percent or incorrect bodily function 13 percent some women stated barriers to squirting around the patients required for long stimulation time from their partner. I saw somewhere that um, people said that it took around like 25 to 60 minutes to squirt, whereas female ejaculation, people were able to do it in like 10 minutes or under. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it takes it takes some time to do this. Yeah. Um. So from themselves, about 7%, um, the fewest participants were concerned about the emotional intensity, 6.4%, or physical discomfort, 5.3% of people associated with squirting. There's still a lot, it's very limited positive research on how and why squirting and female ejaculation happens. A lot of this is due to misinformation, bad science, sexism, and the lack of like women's voices among the topics. Because to be honest, if you told me the definition of squirting and the definition of female ejaculation, I it wouldn't it wouldn't take me long to figure out which one I had just had. You know, right? If you've experienced it before, and we're talking about female bodies, you know, I think that. 
they could probably help on this topic. But a lot of the research has been done by men. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. There we go. Shaking my head. Well, I think you did a great job covering the science. Thank you. And I, I appreciate that. you. Don't look at me like that. I'm being <laughs> genuine. <laughs> I appreciate you going outside your comfort zone and starting off the episode. Um, so Audrey mentioned some of the reasons why female ejaculation and squirting isn't well researched or well defined, uh, misinformation and sexism. And I'll be diving into the history. <laughs> so we're, <laughs> which is why I did this, the science, this section, just to be clear. Yeah. So we're going to cover a lot of misinformation and sexism. Um, it's really interesting to like, there is, there is one article that all these other, uh, news outlets cover. And I feel like the article itself, I don't agree with their interpretation of some things. The article is called, uh, sexual medicine history, the history of female ejaculation. And um, there's some stuff that I feel like was really well researched and stuff like that. And then some things it feels like they're just twisting the meaning of it to fit what they want to say and do. Right. Um, so let's just, let's get into it. And as I go through, I'll point out some of the things that I'm like, that doesn't, I don't know about all that. Yeah. So... A lot of my information came from this article and then, like, cross-researching it as best as I could. Um, in the 4th century, there's a Taoist text called Yufang Miju. And I looked up the pronunciation. I might be a little wrong now because that was a couple hours ago. <laughs> the time up. has passed in between. The English translation is Secret Instructions Concerning the Jade Chamber. Um, in the article, they describe it as written for a male audience. What? I, I'm just stuck on the name secret, secret instructions concerning the Jade Chamber. I think I kind of live. <laughs> I know it's such a good name, but I'm just like, wow. wow. It, it sounds like a fucking, um, Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. Imagine, okay, imagine a movie like Indiana Jones. He's like, we got to find the Jade Chamber. He finds the Jane Chamber. It's all dildos. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Some sexual education for you. Yeah. Um, according to this text, uh, here are the five signs of female arousal. Uh, number one, a reddened face. Sometimes my face just turns red. Yeah. Don't assume I'm aroused. Number two, breasts are hard and nose perspiring. Perspiring? Excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> I also, okay, first of all, breasts hard. Are it, we, I assume they talk about nipples because I don't feel like my breasts are hard ever. <laughs> you need to be doing more bench presses then. <laughs> 
That's just me. Work your pecs out. Um, yeah. Also, nose perspiring, do they just mean a runny nose? I'm not sure if it means runny nose um, or if it means like sweat dripping down your nose. Why would sweat just be dripping down my nose? Because you're so fucking horny. That's why. <laughs> just only my nose. Just your nose. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, throat dry and saliva blocked. <laughs> I I was talking to Audrey before this. And when I experience arousal, I feel like I often salivate. And my throat doesn't get dry. Yeah, part of me is like... You know, they've never seen a woman aroused before. I do feel that way. I Except think they for these assumptions. Next... Yeah, the next two, I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. So, uh, sign number four is slippery vagina. I do feel like that's a good sign that you're <laughs> headed it, in the right direction. Possibly. I love that none of these signs are like she's telling you that she's having a good time, <laughs> communicating that she's having a good time. Um, so step five is the genitals transmit fluid. So um, I don't think I mentioned the article, which is actually a literature review, um, was completed by Joanna Corda, Sue Goldstein, and Frank Somner. Um, they, they say that the genitals transmit fluid uh, is a description of female ejaculation or vaginal squirting. Um, and they, part of their argument is the fact that step four is slippery, or sign number four is slippery vagina. And five is, you know, like it's yeah. two separate things. They're yeah. calling it two separate things, which I agree with them on that point. Um, the The next thing that they kind of say is, the, they quote the Kama Sutra, and there's a part in the Kama Sutra that says, female semen falls continually. And they say that that line is a reference to ejaculation or squirting. Um, but if you read a line a little before that, it says, the semen of women continues to fall from the beginning of the sexual union to its end and it is right that it should be so for if they had no semen there would be no embryo so to me female semen falls continually is more like there's arousal there's vaginal arousal fluid from the start to the end according to the line before it so I feel like that one was a stretch, in my opinion. I also agree. Could you imagine if somebody was just squirting the whole time they were having sex? <laughs> How wild would that be? They have... You would walk out like you just had a water balloon fight. <laughs> they would be so dehydrated. That's crazy. Like, you might actually pass out from that. You'd have to go to the hospital or something. Yeah. And I do want to say... I'm not an expert like these three people are, <laughs> but I can only tell you, I can only be honest and yeah, say what I see. And what I'm seeing is that line from the Kama Sutra, I would not interpret that to mean. Can you hear her? No, I can't hear your cat licking herself. Can you hear her? A little bit. It's all right. Okay. If anybody's wondering what the wet 
licking sound is. It's just her cat. <laughs> it's just my cat. There's no other strange things happening. I'm sorry. Um, by the way, the Kama Sutra was written somewhere between 200 to 400 AD. Um, and then they bring up Aristotle. Don't get me started on Aristotle. This motherfucker. He, speaking of sexism, he maybe had something to say about squirting. This is him. I don't want to get any hate for what I'm about to say. I love this that is... you said maybe had something to say about squirting. <laughs> I don't really know if he did. <laughs> I feel like, let me clarify, that maybe is, I feel like you can interpret what he said to mean uh, vaginal arousal or squirting. Okay, fair enough. Okay. So this is a quote from him. Um, There is a discharge from the uterus which occurs in some women but not in others. It is found in those who are fair-skinned and of feminine type generally, but not in those who are dark and of masculine appearance. The amount of this discharge when it occurs is sometimes on a different scale from the emission of semen and far exceeds it. That's from his text on the generation of animals. You know, this seems both sexist and racist. Absolutely. It's interesting to see colorism go back so far in time. Yeah. And by interesting, I do mean depressing. <laughs> Just not good. Yeah. So it, it does seem like, you know, at the end he says the amount of discharge, after we get past the colorism and sexism, the amount of this discharge when it occurs is sometimes on a different scale from the emission of semen and far exceeds it. That sounds like it could, yeah. Yeah, most likely. It sounds like he's relating it in the sense of, like, an episode, like, uh, as someone yeah. orgasms rather yeah. than throughout the whole thing. I just thing. don't fucking like him, so I don't want to give him any credit. That's cool. I'm um, good with that. I keep wanting to call him Aeropostle instead of Aristotle. <laughs> and we're going to call him that from now on. <laughs> okay. Aeropostle. I'm good um, with that. He also had some shit to say about how women were inferior because their bodies are colder than men so they can't produce seed to fertilize um so they're inferior which it's like okay if we're comparing who brings more to the table given the childbirth situation it's clearly it's women, women. it's clearly women <laughs> if that's what we're basing superiority and inferiority on you just i'm splooged in someone yeah that's it. That's She's all you She's committed did. for the next 10 months. So. And then she's probably going to take care of the baby. And it, yeah. So to me, I was just like, this guy, fucking Aeropostle, can't even think, idiot. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on to the 1600s, because I can't stand the ancient world anymore. <laughs> um, This is a quote from an article that Audrey actually found for me. Um, It's called, Glad You Came hilarious title and then they ruin it with five thousand other words the history of the science concerning the study of the female orgasm disgusting <laughs> it should... welcome to all research <laughs> articles ever made if it was just glad you came iconic they could do that easily if it was a not cited and appropriate research article but they do actually have to put the information in it i guess i fucking guess um, all of this is a direct quote from them because I couldn't figure out how to abbreviate this information to make it more interesting. Um, so 
quote, the first description of the female prostate and its link to orgasm in a scientific context was in the 1600s by Dutch psychologist Regnier de Graaff. Um, de Graaff researched male and female reproductive anatomy in addition to creating several anatomically accurate illustrations through the use of dissections. De Graaff provided the first scientific description of female prostate and squirting. He described the glands in the ducts around the female urethra as the female prostate in 1672 and stated that ejaculate was discharged from the female prostate. Honestly, he was ahead of his time. Yeah, he was a really interesting guy. Furthermore, he attributed this ejaculation to pleasure, which was a radical, which was radical as this notion has been rare throughout the history of the study of the female orgasm. De Graaff also made significant advances to the context in which individuals study female sexuality scientifically by creating anatomically accurate illustrations and identifying structures of the female reproductive system. He set the stage for quantitative data in lieu of superstition. Proud of you, bud. Great job, King. Yeah, I. It's, it's really shocking to me throughout history how quickly men are to blame their inability to pleasure someone as false. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I agree. Why is it always someone else's fault? Take your take responsibility for your actions. Yeah, it's like sometimes. Sometimes people don't mesh well, but sometimes it's like have some humility and ask to learn, you know, yeah. or pay attention and see what works for her. You know? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, moving on to the mid, the mid to late 1800s, there's this another psychologist named Henry Havelock Ellis, which... Havelock Ellis is such an iconic name. I don't care who, I don't care who forget, hears me say it. Forget Henry. Yeah, drop. The, honestly, Let's go by Havelock. Jesus, he does. And a lot of the research, he's just Havelock Ellis, but his full name is Henry Havelock. But he called. Yeah, it's very interesting. Okay. Um, he wrote about female ejaculation in his seven-volume book series. Um called Studies in Psychology of Sex. He also wrote about um, female pleasure, psychedelics, transgenderism, homosexuality, um, and, like, so many other topics that were so taboo for the time and were kind of, like, fucking lit. And it's so interesting that for so... Like, there's been people interested in sexuality for so long and writing down stuff and doing studies about it and still, in 2023, we're still, like, just... Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this was mid-1800s he started doing this. Yeah. It's, it's really shocking. I also love him. Yeah. You wrote down that he... Did I, Did you say that he was married to no. a lesbian? He was married to a lesbian woman. Uh, he was in an open relationship with her. And, yeah, he was just... An interesting he sounds guy. like a wonderful man. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like it was the past. He could still be racist. Yeah, he could still suck. <laughs> but 
it does seem he is definitely like an aberration for his time yeah he seems pro-woman which is more than we expect for this time period yeah and he was like i don't want to go as far as say he was pro homosexual and transgender but he was neutral about it which for the time was revolutionary um I would be very interested in doing podcast episodes about people who have revolutionized sex research because there's so many people and they're always the most interesting people who've had the most complex life. Um, Skipping along to 1959, there's this guy. His name is Ernest Grafenberg, for whom the G-spot is named. Nobody wanted to say Grafenberg. So it was G-spot. Um, he wrote this article called The Rule of the Urethra in Female Orgasm. Within the article, he describes women expelling liquid from their urethra in gushes. Uh, this is a quote from his article. The fluid was examined and it had no urinary character. I am inclined to believe that, quote, urine reported to ex- be expelled during female orgasm is not urine, but only secretions of the intraurethral glands correlated with the erotogenic zone along the urethra in the anterior vaginal wall. <laughs> if I could clap for this man without making a lot of noise, I would. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, and every time shit like this came out, people were like, no, you were bald. Yeah, and, that, and then it's so interesting because he... It's 1959, and he did the, like why, why does why does it seem like sex research takes so long for people to start believing the research? Um, in 1981, a female ejaculation a case study came out. It was by a lot of different people. I'm just gonna pop off names right now. Frank, added Geo, added Geo. Edwin G. Belzar Jr., Jill Camoli, William Moger, John D. Perry, and Beverly Whipple. Um, this case study is the first to try and describe the difference between squirt and ejaculate and really got into breaking down the scientific differences and like the chemistry breakdown of the different fluids. Um, which Audrey so beautifully explained in her section. Sort of. No. There was no chemical breakdown. <laughs> no chemical breakdown, <laughs> but she did describe the difference. I did. Um, but, I, like, I read the case study, and I felt like I understood what they were saying about the difference between female ejaculation and it's Honestly, squirt. it's not a hard difference to make. Even just, like, visually from what they say, it makes sense. One's a small amount of liquid that's clear, and one's... I mean, one's a big amount of liquid that's clear and one's a small amount of liquid that's white. Yeah. Cool. Great. I got it already. It's, I, it's, it's just like a question mark. Like the, the people who then go on to make studies don't seem to 
define it very well in the literature and it it just to me it seems like they were just being a little lazy for some reason yeah i think i think i saw in one article somebody was like it's been used so interchangeably that people are often confused about the difference and if like you just wrote the difference in your article people would understand what you were talking about right and if you use the correct terminology because the more often that you use it interchangeably when they're different things the more often people are going to get confused it's whatever. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> so starting in the early 2000s, we see more and more studies of female ejaculate in squirting. But to this day, the literature is still vague and confusing. I will say the uh, article that you worked off of vaginal squirting experience discovery, blah, blah, blah. I think that one did a pretty good job. They did. They were very clear about it being like, um women positive and like getting voices from women and it was it was a very good article i agree um this was this is just a little sidebar but i do find it very fascinating um in 2014 british government ruled that online pornography be held to the same standards as in-store pornography which then banned videos that contained Spanking, caning, aggressive whipping, penetration by any object, quote, associated with violence, physical or verbal abuse, regardless of its consensual nature. Uh, Eurolagnia, known as water sports, <laughs> piss, uh, role playing as non-adults, physical restraint, humiliation, female ejaculation, strangulation, face sitting and fisting. So they banned female ejaculation yeah and a lot about this a lot about what they did ban feels really anti-women yes it does and the female ejaculation (laughs) face sitting and fisting obviously you can fist somebody's asshole but that's i feel like usually it not usually but often it's in terms of women yeah and it's so weird to put female ejaculation and face sitting with all this other stuff that's like bdsm practices yeah like it doesn't fit in the same category to me like i don't think any of the bdsm stuff should have been banned either but they're not even in the same ballpark it's not hurting anyone like at least with most of these it's like there it's like a violence thing or whatever but Mm -hmm. like female ejaculation and face sitting that's female pleasure. Yeah. You just banned female pleasure. Fucking idiots. <laughs> as far as I know, the ban is no longer in effect. And it was, I believe, relatively short-lived. Since it wasn't like the main part of my research for the podcast, I kind of just didn't look into it that much. <laughs> but She had to force herself to not look into it. Yeah, I was like, I got to focus on all this other stuff. Um, I think squirting is so interesting and it's so like the history of it it's so sad to see female voices not heard over and over again when it comes to anything but especially sexuality yeah i i agree it's i don't know it's just sad (laughs) it's just sad it's always when we get into history it's sad i mean some of it's hilarious sometimes absolutely aeropostle can suck my dick he sure can 
I hope he's having a great time in hell. Um, <laughs> but I just, I just can't with history anymore. Why am I interested in terrible things? You love things? history. We both know you're going to want to do another history segment. Yeah. I haven't had it in a lot, the last couple of episodes. So I've really been itching to squeeze it in there. Yeah. But um, let me quickly cover some myths that there are about squirting. Um, first one in no particular order. Yes. Uh, everyone can squirt. It just seems like some people's bodies just aren't going to squirt. And that's fine. And it is what it is. It's, yeah. Nobody should feel shame about squirting on either spectrum. Like, if you squirt, don't be ashamed about it. If you can't squirt, it is what it is. Moving on. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, squirting is always pleasurable is a myth. Not everybody. Some people describe it as painful. Just like some people have more sensitive clitorises and stuff like that. I do think that that's probably the one that is like surprises me the most. Um, about like not being true. Most of these I was like, yeah, I already do. That's not true. But this, I always associated squirting with orgasm. Um, yeah and that's not true like in even in the articles i read they were like it's often associated with orgasm but like i think it was like one fifth of women square and they don't have an orgasm yeah lots of myths uh audrey already covered this but one of the myths is squirting is piss not piss not piss even if like biochemically there's some similarities to piss mechanically it's doing a different thing yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah. so it doesn't even matter but the similarities aren't it's not that similar no. um squirting is gross it's fine move on grow up grow the fuck up if if you like i i've actually seen a few posts on reddit of people like mentioning that their boyfriends are bothered by the fact that they squirt because it's like messy or I think someone posted that her boyfriend actually broke up with her because <laughs> she won because they could Baby girl, you won. Yeah. That's what you wanted. That's what you needed. Uh, it's so ridiculous. Cause like I, you know, if you're worried about making a mess, get a fucking, um, waterproof mattress or like, a like a, a towel. I don't know. You know, a, you can't fix class. everything, but it'll dry. It's not that big of a deal. It'll be alright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine. Um, and it's like, I don't know. It's just, squirt. this myth squirting is gross is like just another thing of like people. It's very childish. Being shitty towards women's pleasure. Yeah. Um, here's a myth that you might not know. Only women can squirt. There, even though it's like not very well recorded, um, there are a couple instances of men saying that they have a release that is not semen or piss or piss. <laughs> yes, um, and I just thought that was so interesting. Usually, I... it's after like uh, the first orgasm, and it's caused by. Uh, anal stimulation or prostate stimulation i did know that but i haven't really looked too far into it yeah i didn't look into it very much but 
Um, if you think squirting's gross and you're a man, just know that you could squirt too if you tried. Yeah, and maybe that'll take away your feelings of grossness because yeah. it, it won't. Because men can do it too. Yeah. Um, another one that... Uh, another one is that squirting isn't, quote, real. Um, Audrey pointed out that this sounds very similar to squirting is piss. But I meant it more as, like, the people who squirt are just making it up. Like, they're just peeing and pretending like it's something else. Obviously, squirting is real. Obviously. Obviously. Hundreds of women have been talking about it for a long time. <laughs> I just want to meet a woman in the past and just be like, what's up? Like, what's going on? How's your sex life? <laughs> and on some level, it almost seems like for the majority of people, they were having better sex than, like, our generation of women. Yeah. And not like the 1950s. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about way, way back when. Yeah. Right when birth control was happening. Before AIDS. Wait, what are you talking about? Way, way back when? I'm talking about... The fourth century palace <laughs> text. <laughs> yeah, they could be. And that's the thing. Like, I get so excited when I see moments where you can hear unheard voices in history. Yeah. Like, when you can see, like, women's influence or people of color's influence. Um, like, that's the part of history that excites me the most. Because we don't know. Like, we don't know for sure if... There were women who, um, I mean, there were probably women who squirted, but like, there's just so many things that we don't know about their sex lives and what they liked and what they didn't like. <sighs> and we may never know. We, we probably won't. I don't know. Maybe we'll find some noble women's journals sometime. Mm -hmm. Just all the shit that she got up to. <laughs> Freaky little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like that one book you read i can't remember what it was called um i've read a lot of books audrey this is hard for me you told me she was like a prostitute oh yeah the it's considered like the first ever um pornographic novel yeah uh, 17th century i think it came out and she's just going around town uh, fucking everybody going to brothels and she's doing like all kinds of sex acts having the time of her life and then um the uh, the book got banned because there was a homosexual act in the book oh and she's you know being lesbians with women left oh, and right yeah. but the second that two men are fucking it's that all even the book itself talks about how disgusting homosexuality is really and it still got banned for the homosexuality in it that's fucked up. yeah it definitely is hypocrisy.com.gov but it's still an interesting book i i believe you <laughs> you'll probably i've not read all of it because it's written in a form of english that would yeah. take me too long to I understand read historical novels of any kind even if it's pornographic it's just it's too much yeah jane austen even sometimes it was hard for me because it's like what are you even the sentence is 45 words long <laughs> when is the period coming <laughs> when is it gonna stop please <laughs> the sentence is longer than paragraphs i've read please um, 
but we went through that script fast. Yeah, that was I'm like a four-page script. It was very informational. I think usually we have more like thoughts, opinions that we talk about, and then we just rant about them. But this was very like that, 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 that. Here's this. Here's this. Here's this. Yeah. yeah. Same energy as we had for the birds and the bees. Yeah. We went through that quick, too. You know, surprisingly enough, I think this episode was funnier than the birds and the bees. Yeah, I think there were three jokes in the birds and the bees. <laughs> it was all in the first five minutes, too. <laughs> yeah. And we're billing ourselves as a comedy podcast. <laughs> you know, hmm. we try our best. We're yeah. usually funnier outside of this when we're not trying to teach people stuff. But it can be hard to be, like, educational and funny at the same time. Yeah. And especially when the topics often turn depressing. Yeah. Like, oh, women are having a rough time. Sexuality is misunderstood. And we're all going to die. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's very much the energy. And it fits with our name, Trauma and Triggers. So there's that. At, at least, least we're not lying to them about that. <laughs> everything else that's a very um anyways i can't believe i guess this is the end of it yeah we're both surprised i don't 52 minutes (laughs) we didn't even hit an hour this is shocking for us you know did you slip adderall into my water or something what's going on i don't even own adderall What is it you take Lexapro? Vyabans. Fucking Lexapro, bitch. <laughs> that's not even for ADHD. I'm pretty sure that that's antidepressant. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, uh, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> We're both really stuck on the fact that this was quick. Yeah, we I'm trying to think of, to be a long ass of other things to say, but I just... I, I think it's better that we just end it. I think the more that we just sit here in, in silence, silence, it's really not going to go well. Yeah. Um, Thanks so, for... Hi. <laughs> I got it. You started us off. Um, yeah, so our we have social media. It's at Trauma and Triggers on both uh, TikTok and Instagram. And we have not posted there yet. We will hopefully post there soon. Um, and we also have a Reddit at Trauma and Triggers Pod. We're popping off on there all the time. We are trying to be active on Reddit. It's yeah. a lot easier than Instagram and TikTok because <laughs> we like Reddit quite a bit. Yeah, we do. Um, and. Yeah, we'll probably have some polls up. Please, you know, feel free to interact. We like looking at it. I'd be interested in seeing who's squirted and who's not squirted. <laughs> like, have you ever squirted? <laughs> it's, we both know that it's just our partners that reply. <laughs> so that would be funny. <laughs> they're both just like, yeah. <laughs> sure have. <laughs> oh, have you ever experienced female squirting? That would work. That would work. Be a bit more broad. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Anyways, bye. Bye.